You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. This episode is brought to you by Outdoor Class. Outdoor Class is an online video platform geared towards making you a better hunter. Watch instructional videos taught by hunting experts like Remy Warren, Randy Newberg, and Corey Jacobson. After the hunt, learn how to prepare your harvest from world-class wild game chefs like Hank Shaw and Jamie Tagan. Whether it's your first year hunting or you grew up doing it, Outdoor Class will take your skills up a notch. Use code EMPIRE20 at checkout to save 20% off. Visit OutdoorClass.com to learn more. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. So this season, I, uh, I hunted a total of 32 days. Um, 13 days were all day, dark to dark, and it was a total of 51 sets. So this is the Whitetail Experience Podcast. This is your host, Byron Horton. We are coming at you live from the land of in-betweens. You know, we got a new addition. Very nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rick and I are set up in in the studio-ish, and gonna talk about his stud buck, lessons learned, debacles in the pursuit, and dude, you you put a hammer down. I appreciate it. Yeah, guys, if you're gonna pick up any custom gear for uh, Christmas or maybe after Christmas with a little cash, enter code WEXP at checkout. That'll save you some coin. But Rick, on the table in front of me, we have sheds from maybe two years prior to harvest. I'm thinking so. Yeah. And yeah. Let, let I think to lay this story out, let's spend like ten minutes of. Some preseason stuff you had going, some getting into that time period right before you took a lot of days, your your main vacation. Why don't we hear maybe about your a little bit of your early season, your prep? I think that okay. that'd be a good way to start this podcast. Okay, out. yeah. So my early season was primarily just getting a bunch of mock scrapes set up. That was going to be my uh, the the thing that I did most this season was hunting scrapes. And uh, early season, I was going to focus on the. I think I found about three or four good buck beds that were heavily used um, during turkey season that I found. Yeah, because uh, the the sheds on the table. Yeah, that was a, a turkey. It was it was the day I killed my turkey. Matter of fact, can you talk about like a day of all days, folks? <laughs> Rick shoots a bird and finds his biggest match set, and how many like time distance uh, apart there? Oh my goodness. Um, I do believe it was probably 27 minutes, uh, maybe less, <laughs> from the time I killed my turkey uh, this spring, and I found these sheds here on the table. Man, so okay, um, did you know about this buck prior to those sheds? Because you do run some trail cams. Yeah, I do. This spot, this spot is primarily just a turkey hunting spot. Um, it's a ridge that I run. It's got a good. Uh, trail system, old logging road all the top of the ridge. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like to just, uh, it's a good place, high point to call for turkey. Mm-hmm. Um, I do not deer hunt that spot ever. But this year, after I found these sheds in that buck bed, I was going to put more focus into the spot. Yeah, or at least tuck it away. Yeah, yeah. Um, something to note, obviously you find some good match set. That's yep. always a, a, a thing of interest. Now, talk about, you said going into season, uh, you had some beds marked, some scrapes. Um, prior to this, are you a big bed hunter? Were you trying to maybe, you know, I think a lot of guys in general, we are hunting big woods timber, um, not necessarily the ag land, but uh, a lot of guys, you're like, well, how do you kill them early season? All those guys are bed hunting for yeah. the most part. Yeah. Well, well, I'm a, I'm a more of a rut guy. Mm-hmm. I have been my whole life. Uh, I've really found my success on all day sits during the rut. Uh, terrain features mm-hmm. uh, so the beds were going to be a new thing I was trying this year um, 
primarily because that was the one of the main focus at the the mobile road show that i attended and uh a lot of guys in podcast are are talking about bed hunting and the old bump and dump so this was going to be my first year that uh i gave it a shot okay so so i did mark beds and probably in 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 the past i wouldn't even care about beds in the big woods because to me i, I feel like deer bed so sporadically where yeah. we hunt yeah, and I, I would say rewind a couple of years ago. I'm trying to become a better bed hunter. Mm-hmm. But rewind a couple of years ago, I'd tell Dave, I was like, well, I'm not going to hunt my big wood stuff until mid to late October. Yeah. Because I'm like, I kind of, one, that playground is just way bigger. I was like, I kind of want those deer moving a little more. You know, I, I want scrapes to be involved in my pursuit because it's so, oh, the habitat's very all similar, like, and those, I want those deer moving. I need some rut action to maybe kill them is kind of how I felt. I yep. needed some sort of either pre-rut or rut action to, to kill those bucks. So I literally would kind of wait until October 15th. Mm-hmm. I see. Um, it's a good time to start. It's, yeah. it's usually when I do. Oh, so what about like, um, and you had pulled some cards as well. You had some, some good yeah. bucks to target. Yeah. Anything else major in that preseason time before we roll into like your first couple hunts of the year? You know, I had very high hopes preseason. Um, I thought... Of any year that I was going to get a buck early season, this was going to be the year mm-hmm. uh, because I had like I probably had fifteen to twenty bucks on film, and probably five were shooters in my book. Okay, now you texted us about one one ten point. I think that had a pattern. Yeah, like yeah. he was starting to bounce between a set of cameras or uh, two cameras. He, he was bouncing between a set of cameras, um, hitting them at night. He was just catching those dusk hours in the evening mm-hmm. and i thought i kind of had an idea where he was going based off of, of weather uh history mm-hmm. and with the wind and uh, i thought i had him beat it down uh he's a very smart buck on my on my film uh, i had all my my cameras for him set to video mode and you could almost tell that he was nose to the ground he went very slow. He was. He almost smelled. You can see my footprints, and he was smelling them, and he was looking for me. Yeah, initially. Like, it, you got like a, a a video clip of him. Maybe you've been in there the prior forty eight. Yeah. Hours. Yep. Beer burps. And I, I could just tell by his demeanor and his body language, he was on to me. Okay. He was hunting me. Okay. Man. <laughs> so so that's why I kind of got yeah. hooked on this buck was because it was like it was he seemed the most consistent the 10 point point. he seemed most consistent and uh it was going to be more of a challenge okay and i wanted it okay yeah and you had said like look byron like this year um i got a few more trail cam information i've i've had some encounters with some really like just the next class yeah uh, a buck and he you're like man i I think i think this year i'm I'm gonna shoot a big one yep best way to describe it best way to describe it okay so let's let's get in now um, did you have a few hunts, uh, early October? I guess I, I, I kind of don't remember anything major besides that pattern about okay. your, your early season. Yeah. So, um, uh, the, the early season hunt that really sticks out the most to me on just this story in general is, uh, I do believe it was October 8th. It was going to be my first time, uh, going into this location where I ended up did kill, uh, getting a kill. Um, I hunted and about 11 in the afternoon, um, I had a couple guys walk in on me mm. and they got within 30 yards of me and they looked up and they said, Hey, you know, how you doing? And I was just like, all right, man, my hunt's ruined. You know, I was real nice to them. It happens. It's public land. Mm. That's what we get. But I pulled my camera. I pulled that, you know, I pulled my stand. I didn't plan on ever going back in that area. I was like, you know, this spot is hot. It's getting too much pressure already. I'm out. Mm-hmm. I pulled the camera. Um, when I reviewed the footage, I actually just skimmed through the 20 second video clips yeah, um, yeah, yeah. and I seen bucks on there and I, like when normal. When you say skimmed, are you just looking at the thumbnail to see if um, deer or no deer? I watched like the watching? first 10 seconds. Okay. Did it burn you? And, and then what, what I found after I killed my buck is I went back in on that footage. Yeah. You're probably a little more and intrigued now. the last... 12 seconds of the 20 second video that I skipped yeah. the buck that I killed was on that last 12 seconds. No way. So, you know, it's, it's almost like it's almost a gift that I didn't know because yeah. maybe I would have went in there and put a little more pressure that was unnecessary and I might've blew my whole season. Yeah. 
but maybe I didn't, maybe I killed this buck earlier. You know, I have no clue how it turned out. Yeah, every, you, you don't know how it shaped you scouted a little harder. You, yes. You get in there, you, you might kill him, you might bump him out, you don't know. Yes. So uh, I got a pro tip here. Okay. Uh, media man uh, uh, showing his, his skill set here. If you're watching trail cam videos on a computer, yeah. uh, sometimes with the QuickTime player or some of the Apple stuff, if you hit the L button, mm. it'll start playing it at 1.5 speed. Oh. And if you hit it again, I think it'll go to 2, 2x. That could have come that, in handy. You know? I've, I've spent hours in yeah. front of the laptop, man. Yeah. I could have used that. Yeah, and like I have, obviously I have the editing suite and so like, or, you know, so I, I, I have the ability to maybe like import them all and yeah. then uh, I could highlight them all and make them literally, if they're all 20 seconds, I could tell the thing, make these four second clips mm -hmm. or make them half second clips. Like I could, I mean, I got ways to get through some footage <laughs> if I uh, get a leaf shaker day. That could come in Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is an advantage there. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, you know, it's and, and it's crazy too to take like those video files, right? Um, and if you can, it, like I've done that before and I've compressed them down to where mm -hmm. like, I, I basically take all the 20 second clips and make them like two seconds and then make like a one minute video and I can watch it on my phone and you almost see the course of the month play out. I see. Um, that that really hasn't helped me, but it does kind of, I don't know, it, it's a cool thing to look back at and see uh, deer population wise, mm -hmm. um, as far as like how much traffic it does get compared to maybe another scrape. Okay, so let's get back here. So I, I don't believe you did much hunting between the 15th and the start of your vacation or the 10th and the start of your vacation. Uh, I did not. It okay. was uh, mainly evening sits. Um, the the mornings were basically scouting missions for me. Okay. Um, I, I I thought it was funny because my nephew he he knows me he knows how I hunt mm -hmm. and uh, he said Uncle Rick you you you've been scouting a lot in season this year that's not like you what's going on what what do you know that I don't know you know and I I told him I said buddy I'm just trying something new this year and. And you know we had some hot days mm -hmm. uh, this summer and, or this fall, yeah. and it felt like summer, didn't it? Dude, yeah. <laughs> that that stretch there, late October, like the the twentieth through the twenty fourth, I think yeah. we had five straight days of seventies, and the low was fifty. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's not what you need. Now we did have some good cold fronts. Yeah, we did. Um, we did have some some fronts where okay, we've got a fifteen degree to dip mm -hmm. or whatever mid October. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's. So when was your vacation? What did you set out to do? Let's talk about some of that. Let's see, and then and we'll get into kind of your rut grind and, and the success at yeah. the end. So so my vacation from work, uh, it basically started like the last two weeks of October, and it went all the way till I do believe like November twentieth. Yeah, it was like an October twenty fifth uh, yeah. to about November. Yeah, 20th. I had a lot of vacation days mm -hmm. to use. Man, and you you. You do a lot of things at home. Yep. To get the brownie points right. Absolutely, all you, summer. Yeah, you you coach baseball, right? Coach with your baseball. Kids. Yep. You take the kids to some preseason football games. Yep. Some. Did you guys go to any career games? Like I, I remember, you were stacking yeah. some brownie points with the kids <laughs> in the wife. Yeah, we were doing zoo trips, Kings Island. Mm -hmm. I mean, we we were uh, we were definitely getting the things in that needed to be got in, so I can just say, hey, I'm going. You got this, dude. Part, part of the, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna steal this from from working class. Like part of being a good deer hunter is you gotta have a good wife. Absolutely. If you're married. Absolutely. Yeah, and it's uh, you know, uh, when you leave that amount of time, it um, it puts a lot of stress on everybody. Yeah. You know, it's very tough for when you do it. So you just gotta make sure when you when you're planning to leave, you need to make sure all your ducks are in a row. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And and I feel too like I focus better if I know everything at home's good. Yeah. Like if I kinda have some doubts or like maybe I heard like the baby was up all night, mm -hmm. like there's a little side of me that knows if she has a bad day, like that's like twelve, twenty four hours really hard. Yeah. And I don't I don't focus as good. I don't let loose as much. Um Yeah. I can't complain. I, I got you, you know, a, a good woman at home will even if there's a problem, she won't put the stress on you of complaining about that problem. And that, that goes a long way. Oh, yeah. It definitely does. Yeah. So, uh, your vacation kicks off. Yep. You're still targeting the 10 points. Yes. Talk to me. Did you have any good encounters? Any uh, uh, pick up the bow moments? Uh, some of those hardships, maybe? What do you want to tell? <laughs> okay. Well, this season was a lack of deer. Um, I had, I had, I was just struggle right off the bus. It seemed like I went from getting 
so many bucks on camera every day and then my cameras went to zero um so the initial spot of the 10 pointer i was bouncing back and, and forth between these uh two ridge systems that i was getting pictures of him on and um uh, deer were just zero i think i went um six or seven straight hunts with no deer uh that was rough um i was getting bad wind um seems i think we had a lot of south southwest southeast kind of winds this year yeah we had more east winds and, yeah. and, and we did have a lot of south winds which can hurt some guys yeah so uh, i had no no trees that were set up for that i i don't know why i didn't plan for that um one of the main things that that i realized this year was when i hung a lot of these trail cameras i didn't stop and think which tree i was going to hunt for different winds you know i kind of said okay that's the one right there west northwest i Should didn't pick it i didn't pick a south which I didn't works pick... about 60 70 percent of the time absolutely like you, you account for westerly or northerly winds yep. and, and that that section of the quadrant yeah all my access was based off of west northwest so you know to find access in the dark you know in a mm -hmm. spot that you're not real familiar with in the dark the tree's easier to pick it's in terrible. the dark than the know the right access because like yeah. you head up a drainage ditch uh if, if vegetation's real thick that can be a headache it's a nightmare um yeah, yeah that or, or you know can you walk a certain ridge or is there extra greenbrier thickets on a ridge that they're probably eating on that mm -hmm. your your morning ambush point you're kind of just bumping deer that you were going to hunt yeah um yeah i think the axe yeah you can sometimes pick a, de a tree in the dark and, and get away with it but like access it's kind of nice to either have a track or a general knowledge for yeah. sure yep so okay so i struggled with weather pretty bad wasn't seeing deer um one spot that i've hunted since i was a kid it's my money spot um i decided to sit it one morning uh, i entered from the road at the bottom um and there's a camp that's at the top of the hill that's private and so i'm hunting basically the edge of the private public mm -hmm. okay so i went in there got all set hour before dark and it's starting to get light out and i do see a couple doe i'm pretty cool with that that got me excited um then i had a guy come in off the top from the camp um angry hunter started uh you know i flicked my light at him one time and he hit the strobe light on me and you know, started throwing things around, dropped his book bag. Um, then he shined his light at me one more time as he was walking out. And then he proceeded to go to his camp and just shot after shot after shot. Boom, boom. I mean, it was, Cracking it was, it, I was, a, sound like a shotgun possibly, yeah, maybe, shot a, probably, you know, maybe yeah. a 410 or something. Um, but it was just like, it, he really ruined my hunt. And in, then, then, you know, now, this is the second spot that I'm pulling out. I pulled my camera and I abandoned it. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, so I was at a loss, you know, pretty early on because now I lost two spots. Okay, when you say spot, I think this is important to, yeah. to and, and don't give away anything you, you feel would maybe uh, compromise. But when I think of a spot, I think of like a, a section of woods that I've got five or six uh, ambush points marked. Okay. Uh, maybe 100-ish to four, 500 acres. When you say spot, okay. you have a rough, like, some people say spot, and it's an individual tree. Yeah. Okay, yeah. What, mine's, what's your spot? Like? Mine's more of a spot based off of, um, this is a square of, of public. Interest. Yeah. We'll call it of interest. We'll like. call it a square of interest that's probably 40, 50 acres. Okay. That's, that's my hot zone where the mm -hmm. deer travel. Okay. Okay. But that's important because somebody listening to this, they might, yeah. Rick's saying spot a lot. Yeah. You mean an individual tree? You know, and a lot of times when I, when I say spot, it's bow range for mm -hmm. me. Um, you know, I can shoot 40 yards to the left, 40 yards to the front, right, and rear. That's my spot. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that guy, you know, he, he basically ruined my spot. Mm -hmm. um, and I figured, okay, this guy is going to be hunting this this year he's obviously mad mm -hmm. i'm not dealing with it yeah so i pulled out of my favorite spot since i was eight mm -hmm. <laughs> you know there's literally a wooden tree stand up there that me and my dad built oh, when man. i was you know when i was eight years old uh, my dad helped me carry it in the woods and i got my first buck out of that no oh, yeah and it's still there it's it's been 25 26 years and it's still standing you know you so know, yeah isn't that crazy there there are locations um 
I can think of one of these on my home farm that do it every year. Yeah. It, it's pretty damn good. Yep. Uh, if I may have to shift it 20 or 40 yards, mm -hmm. but come come November 15, that's the spot to be. Um, yeah. Now, now a lot of like the, my other stuff is, is tweaks mm -hmm. where um, I scouted the other day and, and the, the best scrape on this little shelf um, and this habitat meets terrain, the scrape is shifted about 35 yards. So if you'd have come in there and set up on what you thought was last year, but I had two trees fall. So sometimes I feel like uh, I, a lot of my locations may shift just a little bit, but there are those are there, there are tried and true wooden tree stands. Yep. Sometimes those are a telltale. That yeah, it's a pretty good place to be. That's it. Um, yep. Man. Yeah. So so then uh, you know it was a couple days after that um, it was raining, um, and I I ended up going out in the rain. It was a spot and. Uh, I no sooner climbed my tree, I'm sitting for the evening hunt, and I hear another shot ring out, and it's fairly close to me. And I start looking in my binoculars, and then I hear the other shot. Um, so I look in the binoculars, and I kind of, you know how you hear a shot twice, you can kind of zero in on it. Yeah, because you think it's to the right. Exactly. And then so, you, your second shot gets you, boom. I'm like, pinpointed in. So I binocked this guy, you know, on the next ridge over from me, and he's probably 150, 200 yards from me. Uh -huh. And he's coming down out of a climber tree stand. And I'm like, what the heck, you know? And he runs towards the road. He gets in his car. He takes off. And then he comes back, and he's got a buddy, and they're dragging out a deer. So he poached a deer right in front of me. So I, I just start dropping my sticks out of my tree, and I'm coming down, and I'm like, all right, I'm calling the ODNR on this guy. Oh, yeah. Okay, because I, I just can't put up with that, man. I was in the woods with no hunter's orange. You know, I, I almost felt like he could have shot me. Sure. You know, so it made, made me really upset, and I made the call to the ODNR. Um, yeah, I'm not going to tell too much about the story. Yeah, yeah, you but don't, you don't uh, name the officer. O ODNR did uh, what I thought was a great job, uh, which was rare for me because I haven't had very good encounters yeah, with that, ODNR. That, that's one of uh, 25 for way to experience as far as good. Yeah, it was a, it was a first. Uh, he responded very quickly. He was there very quickly. Um I went back to camp. He apparently took care of the situation. I did not get um, like what happened after I left. Mm -hmm. uh, so I don't know what happened if that guy got caught with the deer or not. But uh, what I had seen got relayed to the officer. So I hope somebody yeah. got in trouble for it. Yeah, Jesus. So, That's wild. And, and that was the ridge that I was hunting the 10 pointer off of. And that, you know, the yeah. guy was running a base station technically so why did all my deer disappear off camera it's because they were being pulled to the corn yeah that i didn't know was there so i was hunting in a great spot deer disappeared because they were you know they were so centralized around his corn they were pile. they were so much on his corn pile Jeez. you know is what i'd found out so here's spot number three i abandoned pulled mm -hmm. my cameras got out of there mm -hmm. okay so i lost three spots within a week yeah yeah and um just backing up a little bit because I know a little bit about the story. You did come. Uh, you did come home. You didn't abandon ship late October when we got that warm spell. Yes. You were texting me like, "Look, look I can't find as many deer. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm getting a little frustrated hunting in this hunting in heat sucks. Yeah. Like I I much prefer to go out, even if it's under 20. At least I know yeah. I'm not going to sweat almighty yeah. getting into these spots. I, you know, I I had this day where I had this uh. I, I'll just go ahead and say it was a, probably a mental breakdown for me. I uh, I was sitting in the tree and I was so disconnected from the woods and what was going on. I didn't want to be there. Mm -hmm. I was thinking about what was going on at home. Mm -hmm. I was thinking about what I'd rather be doing other than this. I, I, I was filming ants on the tree next to me, climbing up and down the tree. I was, I was filming bumblebees, you know, like I, I was a hot mess up there, dude. And I was like, I got to do something. I think I texted you guys like, what should I do? What should yeah, I we do? We were all like, dude, come home for a couple And it, days. it was just, it, you know, when you're not having fun, it's so important just to step away for a second and, and reload. Yeah. And, and it, that's, when I came home, I did my laundry. I ate some good, good steak dinners. Yeah. You know, I got some good sleep and I was back on it two days later and I felt great. Yeah. It's a, and you were hunting by yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Camp, camp was, nobody was there. 
and that was the first time so it was real hard for me to come back to camp after hunting dark to dark nobody to talk to nobody to bounce ideas off of no cell phone service where i camp mm -hmm. i mean it was just food shower bed yeah wake up hunt food shower bed wake up hunt food shower bed it was that for a long time i remember so when 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 dave and i hunted uh elk or whatever like every night you're just left with your phone and no signal yeah and like Dave's, you know, ten foot away, but I, you know we don't really talk because you're going to bed or whatever. And some nights you're you, you're you're so tired it's fine. And, and I found myself just scrolling through old photos. Mm -hmm. You don't have service. Yeah, um, it's pretty cool reset. But yeah, very lonelyish feeling. Yeah. And then I've hunted uh, another state by myself for like three or four three days I think. Mm -hmm. Day one, you're full full send, no issues. You know, and and by day two or three, when you you're coming home at night, making your own meal, nobody talked to, nothing else but deer hunting. Yeah. And days are uh, are short. Yeah. That time of year, so mm -hmm. so it's a lot of dark hours. Like yeah, it, there is uh you got to be mentally, you know there there is something to it there as far as a, a grinder, a lone wolf type mentality. Yeah. That happens uh, for guys to be successful. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but but coming home, taking that that dude, it was hot as shit. Oh my goodness. <laughs> you so ain't lying, man. Yeah, it was yeah. like, uh, with that hot, hot air came, you know, 20, 30 mile an hour winds mm -hmm. on some days, and it was just brutal. Yeah, I think that was good. And, and um, all right, so let's get into, uh, I don't remember if the debacle happened kind of peak ride, or, or what were some of your ruts uh, hunts like after uh, poacher incident and some of that? Uh, okay, so I'll be honest, this whole season, uh, I've seen a total of five deer. Yeah. Uh, the fifth deer was the one I killed. Yeah. Uh, so if that says anything, out of 51 sets, seeing only five deer, that's why my brain was playing tricks with me. That's why I was having so many, you know, mental breakdowns and just I was on struggle bus, you yeah. know, 100%. So it was just, uh, it, it was me panicking. I started overthinking things. I started um, uh, looking too much into the times on my trail camera and then the wind shifted and then it would shift again and it was just everything was just a big cluster in my head do and you it think was, the population is also down i do i do um there's i mean down there where i hunt population was never that big but the spots that i find i'm usually seeing two to three deer a day okay you know from in the past me, me like um some of the lower number places I hunt, I see one deer. It's a, it's a, it's a pretty good day. Yeah. You see two. It's pretty, it's pretty freaking good. Absolutely. Like that's like, oh man, I yep. saw two like two different groups. Yeah. You're like, I remember I, I, I killed my buck uh, last year. I think I, I was so jacked up. I said to the camera, I seen five deer today. <laughs> like you know, like yeah. Um, yeah. If I see two groups, like mm -hmm. if I see a deer, it's a good day. If I see two groups, holy shit, I'm in them. Yeah. Um, you yep. have to be a grand total of two deer or, th or three, but yeah. And, and this year, I will say a lot of my bow hunts haven't been all that great as far as seeing numbers. Um, I had a really good uh, opening day of gun season spot that yeah. clearly I was I was seeing. Dude, I, I don't know if I told you this. I, I pulled the cam after I left. Uh, I think I left at like 11.30 at noon. I had another like two and a half year old buck come right behind me. Mm -hmm. I was like, man, I was in them. Yeah, that's fire right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You haven't seen I, any. The, the Patreon guys got a little more detail of how that spot sets up and why it's so good. But, man, I was in them on, on, an, on an opening day of gun, just not the right ones came by. But, um, okay, so not a lot of deer sightings. Yeah. Came back down there. It's the rut. Uh, let's talk about debacle number two. Okay, so, um, <laughs> man, I was leaving camp one night. Um and I have a, a quad and a trailer that I pull behind sometimes uh, just just to have a quad at, at camp. It makes it nice. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't get any cell phone service, so sometimes driving the quad up to the top of the hill on our private down there, we get cell phone service so I can make my phone calls on my quad, save a little money on my gas on my truck. Oh, yeah. Okay, so, so I was leaving camp one night, um, and I noticed a truck that was flying around the curve, uh, the 72-year-old man ended up being drunk, and I was able to just luckily get out of the way. Uh, and he blasted my trailer along with our fence and just totaled his truck. And it was insane how how my adrenaline was pumping, and it was just I felt anger. I was scared. 
What, you know, what time of night is it? Because oh, it's not I mean, early. Yeah, it was a eight, maybe eight o'clock at night. Okay. It was dark, you know. Yeah. It, and at that time, it gets dark at five thirty. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so it was already dark for a couple hours. Um, but it, just no cell phone service where we we're at. So now, what do I do? My trailer's wrecked. My quads almost off my trailer. He he, his car's wrecked. I gotta make. You got a headache to deal with from oh, insurance to my police goodness. to, to yeah, you ain't to, lying. to mentally like even wrap your head around. Hey, I'm gonna try and shoot a buck tomorrow. That, that's 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 tough. Yeah, it it really uh, anybody been in an accident. It or, added or, to the stress. Oh, it just added to it. You know, now it's like okay, I'm X amount of hours away from home. How am I going to get my quad on? I didn't even think uh, about that. You're dealing with this all out of your zip. Yeah. Um, now I'm X amount of hours away from a police officer even showing up. I mean, we waited two and a half hours for a highway patrol. Okay. Then he, I had to wait two hours for him to fill out the reports and get every every you, story. You texted us at midnight, right? Yeah. Or yeah. Midnight plus. It was like 1240. Yeah. Yeah. So eight o'clock, you had four hours. You're yeah. dealing with this thing at one, two in the morning. It was wild. So the stress was real on that one. Uh, so what, yeah, what day is this? Just so people um, know. that was uh, around November 9th. So, so I, I paint the picture of this audience like I would hate my life if I got a flat tire on November 9th. <laughs> let alone I got to deal with insurance and totaled fucking trailer. Yep. Police reports. I'm up till one in the morning. Oh yeah. my god. Yeah. It was a headache on top of not seeing deer. So <laughs> <laughs> that. Lived. Man, okay, so so we are November 9th. You you killed shortly after November fourteenth. Okay, any anything else major we should connect ninth to the fourteenth? Nothing. Okay, Nothing. I, I actually I was leaving camp November 9th. Um, we had a big all day rainstorm coming through. I think it was coming that night, and the tenth was going to be just all rain. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got with you. I got with uh, Ryan Glitzky. Mm-hmm. Um, I was messaging guys back and forth. I was Shout like, out to them guys for answering oh, messages. Dude, and they are so cool. Uh, Justin Cyan, I think his name yeah, is too. Yeah, yeah. He's, Justin he's, is out of Kentucky. He's, uh, we've messaged back and forth. Uh, those guys, you send them a message, they're, they're in the tree with you. Dude, I, they're going to respond. Yeah, I've told uh, Justin uh, Justin asked this uh, several times. Like, dude, if you were two hours from my house, yeah, it'd be trouble. We'd be friends. We'd be, yeah, <laughs> we'd be having. We'd be some drinking beer. beers. We'd yeah, be shooting buzz. Like, absolutely. Like, he's, he's a good time. Very cool. And, and then Ryan G the same way. Like, yeah, like, Ryan. I've always, I always, uh, since I met the guy at the Ro- Mobile Roadshow, mm-hmm. uh, I felt that he's very similar to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, he has way more years under his belt, and he likes to do the the scouting a lot more than dude. I do. He is a monster when it comes to that. So, so this year I was very motivated by him. And yeah, uh, I watch and, him and I do get motivated. And when I sent him a message, I said, you know, hey man, you, you plan on hunting a big rainstorm tomorrow? He's like, man, I'm sleeping in. So that that right there, just hearing that, hey man, it's okay mm. to take a break from a guy like that, made me feel amazing. So I was heading home, got hit by the drunk, uh, got home, still did my laundry, came back after the rainstorm. I was ready to hunt. Huh. So yep. reset number two. <laughs> I like it. I like it. You need it, man. Yeah. Um, there's a long-term game, and, and uh, there's very much knowing yourself. Yeah. Um, sometimes I, I even like advise Dave or Andy. Okay, great. You're gonna go on this like shitty ass hunt. Yeah. What is that gonna set you up good in two days when it's gonna be awesome weather? I don't know. Is yeah, it you worth never it? know. Yeah, you, you got to gauge yourself. You yeah. know, you got to know yourself. Um, I think that's an important aspect of this. All right, so let's uh, let's get to the day of days. All right. Well, uh, it all it all really started the night before. That's true. Okay. It's huge. Um, so I, I there was a big six pointer that I was trying to kill. He was probably my option four buck that I was just like, all right, I'm going to try and get this buck. Had a had kind of had him pattern. He's nice. Um, I hunted a like a, a bottom ravine that's really close to camp. Uh, so I got out right at dark. And I immediately got in the truck. I drove around the road to get cell phone service to make my calls home, tell everybody good night, love them, you know, that normal stuff. Um, I was on the phone with my uncle right as I got service. I was just, just saying hey to him, seeing how he was doing. And I seen a buck cross the road in front of me. Uh, and I told him, I said, Hey, Hey, hold on, hold on. There's a buck. There's a buck. I got off the phone with him and I pulled up to this buck 
And uh, we had a moment where he looked back at me like 10 yards off the road, and we watched each other for a good minute. You linked eye to eye I, with the we, beast. We linked eye to eye, man. And he was a monster, and he had um, the main thing that kicked out was his, uh, his G2 was split into three. Okay, he had some kickers on it. And I remembered that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, all right, cool, man. And so I, I, he, he, he kind of jogged off a little bit. There was no does with him or anything. I went up the hill, continued the call with my uncle. Um, you texted us. Yeah, I texted seen you guys. A seen a big one. I'm going there right? tomorrow. Yeah, that's you what said I'm that hunting. In the text. I said I'm hunting there tomorrow. I think it's brilliant. Yeah, I mean it's like it, I, I see a buck, not too, you know, off from the the last light of the day, mm-hmm. crossing the road. I'm hunting there. It was public. So 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 I had this debate um, probably probably right around the ninth. Yeah, I'm coming down the drive. And I see, I, I see a doe and another deer. Mm-hmm. The doe falls in the middle of the asphalt. Mm-hmm. Totally, be- like, just Slippery falls on her ass. <laughs> and I see this buck. And uh, they kind of scamper up in there. And I pull, I got pins on the backside. Like, yeah. I'm like, she's hot. Like, and I'm like, I have the debate. Was he 115 or mm-hmm. was he 140? Yeah. And I, I could never, I never could tell. It was one of those, like, if I'd have known he was a 100% shooter, like, I'm going there. Like, I'm changing my plans. Mm-hmm. But it was something that I kind of think he's just, I think I kind of think he was a 100-incher, plus yeah. or minus. Like, I just, I didn't get the, yeah, the body wasn't super big. Like, if he'd have been, like, real big and framey, I probably would have, like, picked up on that on the video. Dude, I was driving down this road, like, two weeks ago. Um, so, later in the rut, I see another buck across, same spot. Dude, mm-hmm. I, I definitely mashed the gas pedal to try and see him better. Yeah. And I didn't. <laughs> uh, so I got no idea what, what buck this is, but I got a little loop on him. Yeah. Uh, probably same deer. I kind of think. It was about the same time, same place. But, yep. but yeah, like I think that's a great part of this story is you yep. visually caught a glimpse, caught a clue. Yeah. Yep. So I went up, made the rest of my phone calls, um, came back down, passed that same spot, didn't see nothing. But I told myself, I am coming back here in the morning. And this is where I'm going to hunt. Did you have pins in that general yeah. area? No, I did, but they were my turkey pins. Okay? <laughs> and the pins were... What are turkey pins? <laughs> turkey pins are where birds roost. Okay, roost okay, trees. Yeah, okay. roost trees. So, Okay, so I had some roost trees in there. Um, and I had uh, the bed with these sheds that I found when I killed my bird um, on the pin. And the ridge over was where I had my camera set up where the guys walked in on me. Mm the first hunt of the season okay and i pulled shit okay i I got out of there Mm -hmm. so i was like okay i'm familiar with this ridge i know how to get up there in the dark i can make this happen i'm going to go in there and hunt in the morning so i made it a point that morning i got my oatmeal cooked extra early i got i had my coffee preset on the timer Uh, i was on it i was actually motivated for the first time in like 20 days to I had a mission, yeah, you know, and I had laid eyes on something, you know, so I got my truck, I start heading to that spot, and I was going to drive past the spot to get back to the cell phone signal. Uh, I like to make call to my dad in the morning and everybody uh, just to tell them, hey, I didn't die of carbon monoxide poisoning, I'm awake, I'm heading to my spot, mm-hmm. I, I like doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was going to go up, up there and make my phone call, and right as I got past the spot where the buck was the night before... There was a pointer, there was a four pointer, and there was a doe in the middle of them. So I whipped my wheel to the right, parked on the side of the road, got out. They took off blowing and got out of there. And I said, I'm, I don't care if they're blowing. I'm going up this hill because they're not the ones I'm after. Sure. Okay. So Clearly I got a hot doe in the area. Oh, not, yeah. Not a bad thing. It, a little it, confidence. It, it made me Hell, feel great. This prior 24 hours, you see more deer than you seen the prior, you know, the prior yep. month. Yep. So it made me feel pretty good. Um, so I went up there. Uh, I knew where I was heading. On X, I had a tree picked out in the spring that I liked. I used to sit up against it, a turkey hunting. And uh, I went up there and got set up in a perfect it's like a split uh small oak tree Mm. uh had some low-hanging limbs uh, that still had leaves on them i probably got maybe a two and a half sticks high not very high at all had perfect cover yeah um and i set 
and I set. And the roost trees that I had marked, I thought it was pretty cool because there was three toms uh, gobbling their heads off. Oh, that you told me you got a little chubby yeah, about they, these birds. Because, Rick, you, are you still turkey over deer? I, I am not turkey over deer, but turkey do something to me. <laughs> um the the gobble just goes right through me and it, i sat there and i will not lie i got i was like man i can't wait till the spring i did i did for one second and then i i zeroed back in so that day played out a very cold morning um i actually almost put the socks on my boots that morning almost dude it's, that it's was the, that was the thing i didn't get there but i almost did it um all day i sat nothing it okay. was just a blue sky, perfect day, and not a deer in sight. Um, I occasionally in front of me over the over the hill, over the rise, uh, I did hear what sounded like a deer. Never laid eyes on it. Could have been a squirrel. Mm. Uh, no clue. Uh, and it got to be about 1, 1 o'clock in the afternoon, and I ate lunch, and I was thinking you, you eat lunch in the tree yeah i do okay. yeah i pack it usually pack like a bologna sandwich or a ham sandwich uh i usually have a banana or a yogurt with yeah. me too um so I, I enjoy myself and i put hang the bow up and i eat my lunch take yeah. my time uh and i almost i almost got out of there i almost pulled my tree stand i was going to head to another spot mm -hmm. uh but part part of me is really this spot is just as good as any a lot of times when I'm in a tree. You know, if I'm not seeing nothing, I'm like, well, I could move 50 yards. Doesn't matter. It, it could happen anywhere. You know, in the big woods, you're really coming down to a lot of luck, you know. Yeah, you need some. Nine times out of ten, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, these deer, especially big bucks, I've noticed they pave their own paths. They don't stick to trails. The, yeah. They go where they want. Yeah, it's uh, you may have the best... Uh the whole trail coming through the train future. Yeah. And I see a lot of big bucks cut that thing off by yeah. 20 yards. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I hunt a lot of hogbacks and yeah. it's like, dude, okay, here's the main trail. Mm -hmm. And he may, he may take it. But I was like, he may not, he may cut, cut it short. I, I, yeah. you, you see that a lot. Then bucks kind of do what they want. Mm -hmm. So, okay. So I was about a hundred yards from where I found the sheds. Uh, in that big buck bed in the spring, mm -hmm. okay, and I was facing that direction, um, and and right at about 4 p.m., man, I'm I'm sitting there and I'm just you get to this like point where you're staring at the leaves and everything's kind of, you know, it's almost graying out, you're, like the colors getting distorted a little bit with the sun and everything looks gray, uh, and I happen to just look up, man, and I see these amazing tines just waddling through the brush, making his own trail. How far and, away at this point? Uh, he's probably 45. Holy shit, Yeah, he's, he got on me quick. That's butt pucker. He got on me quick, okay? and uh, But but it was the sun was behind me, the sun was in his eyes, and I was low, and I felt like I had great cover. Mm. Okay, so I felt I, I wasn't scared, and I didn't get buck fever like I normally do. I want to ask something. Yeah. You, you hadn't seen a ton of deer. Yeah. I always like to get one good encounter with like a two-year-old out of the way. Yeah. I always learn something. Uh -huh. A lot of times I, I feel like, so I got cracked this year by this two-year-old. I was, it was kind of like I had to move to make sure if he was a shooter and he was going to come. But he definitely cracked me like 60, 70 yards. Yeah. And I was like, okay, if the big one did that, what would but it, but I always feel like I want to get that two and a half year old counter in, encounter out the way. Mm -hmm. um, you hadn't had that. You hadn't had a lot yeah. of deer. I hadn't had a lot at all. Uh, so, so I was almost, um, numb, if that makes sense. Um, I seen this buck, you know, that I've, of a size that I've never killed in my life. Um, how many times he, you see a deer over, let's just call it 140. Um, believe Fuck, it I or see one of those a year, believe it or not, I, I have a good attempt at a big, big buck every year okay. and I get one chance and usually it's never again. When you say chance, are we saying inside of? 50 or inside of like 35? Inside 50. Inside 35? Yeah. yeah. Or do you, do, do you have a lot of those 40, 50 yard encounters? Cause I, I have me, a lot of 40, 50s. Um, but there to me, that's not a killable deer in the big woods because twigs, brush, like you can't. Yeah. 40, 50 yards in a field as you can shoot them, right? I see what like, you mean. Yeah. But like, to me, like, you know, Dave and I were talking and like, well, I had this encounter and what well, did you shoot him? Mm -hmm. Like, was he almost like the, yeah. to me? There, there is something. 
to be said if mm -hmm. uh, okay so you've had a lot of encounters with, with good class deer yeah. I, i've in i've, that, I've shot i've shot a lot uh, of big ones um in the past years i've had uh severe buck fever target panic uh i've had a few bad hits on the shoulders mm -hmm. i've had a few no man's lands hit uh, so, so I've been there before. I've I've been around the presence of a big buck, and it, there is something different about it. Uh, you feel it, they almost look so nostalgic walking through the woods, man. It's it's you almost feel starstruck. Like if you walk into Starbucks and Arnold Schwarzenegger standing next to you in line, you're like you're almost shocked, you know. Um, so I see him coming at me, and he's almost got like this um, drunk moose walk. I like to call it that drunk, like. You know how moose walk when yeah. they they kind of waddle back and forth, and he's just kind of no he's, hurry. He's doing that, no hurry. Um, nose not really to the ground. He's just kind of you can tell he's he's just thinking in his own head, okay. And um, I'm telling him I I actually stopped looking at him for about 20 seconds, and I looked at my release, picked up my bow, nice fluid motions, wasn't jerky, um, and I clipped my release, and I told myself. This is it, Rick. This is the shooter. Okay? And that's something I've been practicing all year was, was uh, even when we went to some bow shoots, uh, Dave and I and Andy, uh, this is it, Rick. Shooter. That's, I, I, that's, that's, my, that's how I begin my sequence. Mm -hmm. Okay? Almost every shot at a target, this is it, Rick. This is it, Rick. I always got to remind myself. And, and it really was comforting that how, how it brought my heart rate down and that initial shock of like adrenaline that you get um, oh dude you see it, a deer yeah it, especially in the big ones where you may not see deer yeah i was really impressed with myself on how i controlled it um so i pick my bow up and then i i make eye contact with him again and i'm doing my best not to even look at the antlers okay um so he starts turning to the left and at this point he had been coming straight on with me Okay, so now he's going to his right, which is my left. So it's my strong side. It's perfect. Um, I already picked out ahead. There's a big tree that he's going to go behind. I'm going to make my draw. And then he's got another 15, 12 to 15 yards that he has to go. Um, and I was confident that I wasn't going to be holding my bow that long. He was going to be in that because it was a steady pace. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I drew back. Boom. I got set, and I'm not even looking down my peep yet. Okay? There's a huge relief when you get the full draw without yeah. him snapping that exactly, head. Exactly, exactly. So I'm I'm at full draw, but I'm not. My face is off my peep, and I'm almost. I'm looking ahead of him 15 yards of where my shot's going to be. Okay. okay. And I had some trees already ranged from earlier in the morning. I knew it was going to be top under, pin. under 30 top yards, pin. top pin, no problem. Okay. So he's walking. I'm drawed. Now I settle my peep. Right as I settle my peep, he's behind two trees. I can only see the tips of his uh, main beams, okay, and his ass. And he stops. And I'm holding it. And I'm holding it. And it seemed like ages went by, yeah. okay? It's just, it's nerve-wracking how, and he started working like a licking branch. He almost, like, he, he just started working a licking branch of a, there wasn't even a scrape there. I think he just felt the need to just want to, rattle his antlers and something oh, okay so i'm sitting here watching this small tree just wiggle around and and i see the tips of his tines every once in a while and i'm just all right and that extra time just gave me more time to really calm myself i felt okay so then i seen he stopped and i finally got in my peep and i had it picked out right where i was going to punch the trigger and he started taking maybe four or five steps and he was there and right as he was there he started to turn away from me okay so i was going to shoot a buck that was now like going to walk into my pins and now i had to like move my pins to him just a little bit mm -hmm. um and i went matt and it was like amazing at how quietly i had to do that to get his attention and he stopped and I had him at 25 yards and I had my pin split. And when I punched that trigger, man, everything was just slow motion. And I had a blue lighted knock and watching that blue lighted knock go straight in between that yellow and green pin on my side housing. 
it was just spectacular. It zipped through him. Mm-hmm. I heard that classic pop. That pop of the balloon. The pop. Or, yeah. Um, he initially took off very quick. It turned into like more of a slow horse gallop. Um, I watched him and blood is pumping. It's just hasn't hit me yet. I'm watching. Mm. And it's pumping, pumping. I watch him. He got to the top of this hill maybe 50 yards from me. And he got that woozy drunk. He fell back on his butt, and then he fell forward and rolled. I seen, I seen uh, the white. That I seen he... well, I seen four legs in the air oh, as he was man. tumbling down, and uh, the emotion that came over me, man, it was probably one of the first times I cried like a, a little baby in the tree. Um, it was very emotional for me. Um, Did you know how? big he was or when you seen that moose walk coming in you're like yeah he's 140 plus fuck it i'm shooting him yeah well my 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 uh target this year was like i i have to kill a buck over 150 150 that's been my goal for for since i was a kid 150 has been my goal okay and i knew he was we're there. talking real measure 150 yeah not facebook 150 yeah not facebook 150 with the, arms, with the arms stretched out um, so yeah, it's, it was a, a solid 150. I knew that I was like, he's there. This yeah. is him. Um, and after the, after I cried with myself for about two minutes, um, I got the bad shakes, uh, the, the whole like, the, the whole convulsion. Yeah, you, I mean, you just couldn't sit still. I, I made a few phone calls. I called you. You call me and you go, Byron, I shot him. He, he's a monster. I, He's 150 to 180. I got no idea. He's got wall times. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, so, so then after I made my phone calls, man, I just, I lost my shit. Um, I dropped my book bag out of the tree. Okay. And then I realized, oh no, my, my bow pull-up rope is in my book bag. <laughs> so now I like put my book, my bow around my neck <laughs> like as I'm going down. You know, I, I look like I have like a recurve bow strung around my shoulders. So I, I go down and then I'm like, you know, okay, I get my stuff gathered up and I start heading over there. And it's, you know, it's just seeing him lay in that deep, steep ravine down there was just, I can't even put words on it, but it was like a 1200 pound weight was just off my shoulders. And, and for the first time that entire season, I smiled from ear to ear and, and it's, it's good. You got it. Yeah. And I was just, so happy Something i was you dreamed about fist, right you had fist that, bumping that myself since you were eight years old it was there whatever. and i got him man and it was just uh it was perfect so let me ask this 25 yard shot yeah 25 yard shot uh do you have do you split your pins or do you aim your top pin like two inches high i split okay i like splitting okay i'm a two inch high guy okay but I think it's important that I feel like that 25 yard shot is, is is a good thing to practice. Yeah. Now see what I've always had trouble with is like uh, two inches. What is two inches at 40 yards? What does it look like at five yards as it does the 40 yards? You know, the two inch hole. Yeah. I guess I don't um, know. I guess I'd have to look at the deer and yeah. But and, I always go, okay, there's the, there's the holding point. What's two inches above that? Mm-hmm. that that's a, a tough, a hair. Yeah. It's a, that shadow or whatever. Yeah. And I think what had really helped me was, um, honestly, I was almost level with him when I shot. I was, you're low, dude. I was 12 feet up. The, the shot angle wasn't there. Yeah. So it was like shooting the target in my backyard at 25 yards. It felt so natural and clean. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't even bat an eye. Such an advantage to hunting. Absolutely. Wild. So, and I, I do believe my uh, entry and exit holes were probably only three inches difference in yeah. in, in height, um, and the entry was three ribs further back than the front, so it was quartering away. Mm-hmm. So, which is what we dream of, right? Oh, dude. Yeah, you, you just expand <laughs> that surface area, man. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't want to share too many details on getting them out because it's always a debacle and, mm-hmm. and I don't want to give away any spots. It was a mess. <laughs> but you got out the woods at what? Midnight, oh, 10, I mean, you, you told me you were going to drive home and I was like, dude, you ain't driving home. You, yeah. This is this is pretty getting them out the woods. Yeah. You're like, oh, I'll be home tonight, man. Yep. Uh, I'll be over for the phone. I was like, dude, sleep down there. You ain't going to get out the woods till midnight. Yep. And you were right. <laughs> <laughs> man, what You a- know? Just finally getting to that truck and the truck battery's dead and then having to call for help and uh, it was a mess. And it, but, but
but it was a happy. Yeah. You know, I it's, wasn't. It's, it's, pr it's problems you when, gotta solve when, when you got a dead buck. When your truck is dead and you're not punching the steering wheel anymore, you're, <laughs> you're just like, oh, I get to look at him on my tailgate a little longer, you know? Yeah. Uh, and then finally that night, I got back to camp, you know, close to midnight. Um, dude, I woke up every two hours and just peeked outside at him. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's just, I was down there by myself and I was just like, I gotta go out and peek at him, man. You know, I'm in my I'm in my boxers and my socks, yeah. And I'm just peeking out the door at him, make sure he's still there, make sure he's all right, man. You know, it's like it was it was I was just like a kid, man. It was amazing, dude. Epic, so epic, man. So, um, I think we gotta tell the story of Dave's measurements. Yeah, because that's pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. So, so <laughs> you know. None of us have a great deal of experience with uh, bucks over 150. Let's just say that. Yeah. And Rick brings his deer over, and we take some good photos. We get some some of that stuff. And um, I'm I'm editing photos, and Dave's doing the measure job. Yep. And uh, you guys get all done, and you spout out like like mid 50s, right? Like 50. Yeah, it was like uh, 154. Yeah, Dave spouts it out. And, like, and you remember, I was like, Rick, what was his beams? And yeah. You, you gave me the number. I said, really? Okay. He's got a big brows. He's what was the mass? And you, and you tell me, and I'm like, I'm like, really 150? I know. We was all a little. We shocked. was all like, wait, one. And, and Dave's swearing up and down. I, I do. I kind of wish Dave was here. At, at the same time, we were recording this on Thursday, and Dave will be up tomorrow at 3 a.m. Like getting his, going to the, to the workout. Yeah, cause cause I'm looking at this deer. And I'm like, he doesn't have giant beams, but he's got good beams. Yep. And but he's got good brows, right? So yeah. brows really add. He's got he's got mass, mm -hmm. and he's got mass all the way out. And so I'm like, okay. And he's a wall of tines. Tines obviously scoring. I'm just like, okay. Dave told me mid fifties. Two hours later, <laughs> we're all you know doing separate part. I'm putting kids down. Uh, Dave's doing I don't know cooking dinner and and. I don't know what you, Rick. You're trying to find a butcher or processor. Yeah, yeah I was trying to find uh, you know the the whole mess of processor, taxidermist. You know, how are we going to get him there? Who's going to cape him out? The mm -hmm. meat processor won't take a buck with his head missing. Yeah, so, but Bucky Columbus, there's there's room for somebody to start butchering deer and processing. Oh. We need more. We need more. We do definitely because uh, a couple of local guys have quit. Yep. And uh, guys are backed up three weeks, two weeks. Yeah. And well, guy, guy told me he says uh, your deer is going to be hanging for ten days. He said you might want to talk to your taxidermist about the cape being ten days old. A lot of taxidermists don't want to deal with a cape that's ten days old. Mm. You know. So now I'm like, okay, well, I have to cape it myself. I said, well, can I cape it myself and bring it to you? He said, don't bring me a deer without a head. I don't want that. I can get in trouble. And yeah. I'm like, what the heck? I didn't know that. You know, yeah. so I said, well, I have my tag. He said, no, it has to have the head attached, you know. So so now I'm like rushing around. Okay, I got to process this deer on my own. Okay, but anyways, back to the story, guys. Dave actually forgot to input the width yeah. <laughs> in the measurements. Yeah. So um, my buck ended up coming out to be about 173. Yeah, yeah, And uh, that made my heart feel good. Because yeah, that, that, now we're all sitting there like, yeah, that makes a lot more sense. It makes like, a lot like, more like, sense. staring at him, I said, I know he's, I, staring at him like, I was like, he's 60s plus. Yeah. You know, like, I'm like, I'm doing rough math to, to get to the mid 40s level. I'm like, dude, like, he's clearly past that, right? Like, yeah. Just wall of tines, like. It, it made me question everything. I was so, like, so, so I need to bust Dave's balls a little more because yeah. back back when Andy shot his giant, uh -huh. Dave measured it ten inches too big. Oh wow! So yeah, so yeah, he, he added yeah, for Andy, Andy. I think Andy killed like an upper fifties deer. Yeah, and we all thought he killed. Uh, Dave had the score, blah blah, and look, it's. You know, we are like God, one sixty, whatever. <laughs> no, okay, it's a mid fifty. Then Dave kills another deer, very similar to, to uh, I think it's a garage buck. One of my garage bucks, my garage buck's bigger than Dave's by like 10 inches, and he tells me, no, 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 that buck I killed last year was, was this. Yeah. I'm like, dude, there ain't no way. I got you on, on browse beams and threes. Like, yeah. 
I I think, think, so Dave is off the measurement team I, for I Whitetail think, Experience. Or we send him to go to measurement school. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. We'll fire that in there. Yeah. Let's send him to Poker Young Measuring Club. <laughs> oh, man. So, Rick, let me ask this. Shoot an absolute giant. Yep. What does that do for your standards as far as going forward? Because I've never killed a giant. Yeah. Are you... you you know, is, is it still about the pursuit, the year? Next year, you're holding out 150 plus. What if a fucking heavy 135 10, eight yeah. point comes in? Yeah. I mean, a 135 eight's 150 on, on Facebook. Yeah, you know, for me, um, it's always been every buck uh, that I've killed has had a moment where it, was, it wasn't exactly the buck that I wanted to shoot, but it was the buck that got me excited it got me pumped mm -hmm. uh, so i think you know from here on out yeah i do have like a higher standard of does it flex of, if you don't kill for a year or two like, it could it? it could yeah i mean it's Floating all bar. I, I think i think it's all just how i'm gonna feel you yeah. know uh, if i'm feeling feeling like i have the the possibilities of getting a big one then i hold out mm -hmm. uh but i don't think i'd pass a 140s yeah you know, that's I, a big deer. That's still a big deer in my book, and uh, you know, but it, a lot of people I laughed at work. A lot of people said, "Once in a lifetime, Buck, you'll never get that again." You know, even a couple people in my family's like, "Oh man, you'll never do that again," and I smile because I will do that again. I might do it next year. Yeah, I have plans already. Yeah, yeah. I got a lot in store. I got bucks. I got bucks that if they survive are some good. And put on 10, 15 inches. Some good contenders. Uh, and actually this year I have a, a cave that I'm looking at. Uh, as far as access, camping in that cave overnight to come out to get directly into my tree. The old Bill Winky special. The old Bill Winky. Uh, inspired which by I, that. Which I give, like, Bill is Mr. Laid, laid Back. Yeah. Like, I'm going to hunt this field edge mm -hmm. this night because I can hunt 100 nights in a row. Yeah. But when I found out that dude slept yeah. in the in the, the the bluff country of whatever he was hunting, I was like, I got a lot more respect for you, though. Yeah, yeah. I there. You know, I might uh, it might be something that I just I give a shot next year. I think I want to try it once. Well, you're or twice. also going elk hunting, so you'll yeah. have all the gear. I'll have the gear. I'll have the equipment. Uh, the cave sets up perfect. Dude, what uh, if there's like a critter in there, man? I'll be okay with it. I'm not scared of Dude, critters. Dude, you seen that raccoon video going wild? Yeah, I see. That I, kid? I seen that. Uh, and that saw a coyote. I don't, I don't think a, a raccoon will stay in a in a cave. Um, Bullshit, raccoon, twenty pound grizzly bear. <laughs> <laughs> I'm banking on those critters staying out. But if I can stash the gear in there and everything, and come out from an evening hunt. And just get into the cave and sleep. I think it could be now, a good access for morning. I caught so hear me on this. First hour or two of you laying down in your tent or in that cave, yeah. all you're gonna do is be listening for any sort of noise. I think you're far better off to take your little bivy tent. Yeah. You can borrow mine, it weighs like two and a half pounds, <laughs> and pitch it down the way seventy five yeah. yards off this cave. Okay. Wherever your scent's gonna be semi good for yeah. your, your ambush. Well we'll see the hub the hub that I wanna camp in is um Terrible access, terrible winds. They swirl all the time. So I have to find a way to access this spot. And every time I did this year, I got busted. I had deer blowing out yeah. and just, it was a nightmare. Yeah. Uh, would have set up good for northwest wind, but I didn't get that. Yeah. So the best option now is just expect bad shit wind, camp in the cave. All right, I, I I still don't think I'd camp in the cave. I'd be too worried about critters. <laughs> it's it's just something I'm gonna have to try. Yeah, okay, and we'll, I might chicken out, but it's something we look forward to next. You gotta year, record right? it. I will. We'll, we'll make I a will. video. And that's another thing this year. Uh, I gave up recording. That's why I don't have any footage of the buck, uh, the shot, because um, after two three weeks of not seeing anything, I didn't want to carry the extra weight in the woods. Yeah. I was just done with it. Yeah. I was just like, you know what. I'm not going to do this. So so I think this brings up a good point. Is um, I think you just strap a GoPro to your stabilizer. Yeah, that might be. If you get sick of it. That might be the option next year. It's there at least. Yeah. So, man, uh, anything else to unpack as far as uh, some major takeaways? Maybe something that didn't get brought up that you're like, oh, man, like this, this I learned X. Any, anything? Because I know you said you had a notebook. Yeah. Um the main takeaway is uh, next year, 
trail cameras are going to be way easier to access. Some um, easy trail cam picks. Easy, easy, easy trail cam picks. Um, I think I just want to be maybe 100, 200 yards off the road. Um, I had too many trail cameras that were deep, and I felt I almost like overanalyzed going in to get them because I felt like I was doing too much harm. Mm-hmm. And then also you you're lazy you get lazy you know like you're like you're like damn i have to walk you know a mile to go get this camera and i'm blowing the spot up maybe it's good maybe it, yeah it's just maybe it's an hour so it's an hour walk right to, yep. to the trail cam that's back in there if you stash uh a one halfway yeah and he gets one picture mm-hmm. of the uh, of a nice one well yeah. now maybe i am going to walk to that far back camera because there's there's a reward potential there yeah um i could see that and then, then actually, I had some easy trail cam pins with that ten pointer that I was after. Just to go back, just as an example, um, I started carrying a camera with me, uh, and I would hang it on the creek mm-hmm. as I went into my spot, and I would do it halfway, okay. And then when I came out, I would check it and continue walking to my truck. Mm-hmm. Twice I did that, and the buck was there in daylight while no. I was past the camera. The 10 point. The 10 point. I didn't know that. And then, yeah, so it, I, I had already, like, I pulled the camera and then I hunted right by that camera the next morning. And then the next morning he was daylight on the camera that I had further in. You know, so we were back and forth, me and this buck. You know, and before the poacher with the corn pile, mm-hmm. me and him were were back and forth. So that 10 lot. point could be a, a heavy target next year if he lived. He will. He will be top list, uh, and I get I have gotten him all pretty much all summer velvet. I had him shedding velvet. I had him pre rut, mm-hmm. and I lost him before the poacher. So I don't know what happened to him. Interesting. But uh, the the poacher situation definitely altered his movement and where he was staying. Mm-hmm. So next year, man. <laughs> so how about you, man? I'm still after it. Still um, after it. Do I have any hard leads? I don't. I don't know. I have. I have found what I think a lot of these deer are, are, are doing on trail cam. I uh, I'll throw some. Um, I think last year I had some secondary rut on a certain uh, camera, certain ridge. I've got two cameras there now, and and I, I scouted it the other day, uh, last day of gun season, and and the scrape was on. Mm-hmm. It was open. It was shifted about 35, 40 yards. Yeah, like I said, I'm going to keep hunting. We had the recording uh, equipment die, but we're going to keep after it. Uh, we may do some gun drives here for the second gun season. Got a couple plays here for the uh, secondary rut, if that's a thing. Uh, it definitely is a thing. I had some, some, some good action last year on some trail camps. Uh, happy holidays. You know, that is timely at this point. And uh, Team Herder and Bucks, we are out.